life today? <laughs> it's complicated. If you're lacking inspiration, if you've lost a sense of wonder, and have a healthy distrust of traditional institutions like religion, join me as we unlock the sacredness found in each moment of life. In this Three for Thee podcast, we explore three ideas that will jumpstart your soul and help you live deeply. I'm Michelle, and as a professional minister for over 35 years, I'm excited to be your companion as we allow the Creator's spirit to move us into the real life we are meant to live. Real religion for real life works. If your mind and heart is open, let the spirit flow, and let's go. Welcome back to Three for Thee. This is the podcast where we discuss what a religious practice can do for anyone who's looking to better negotiate our crazy world. I'm Michelle, and my premise, as I mentioned in my very first episode last week, is to make the case that prayer, especially done together, is the best thing we have in our toolbox today to help us counteract the onslaught of challenging events that both bombard and confuse us. If you were able to catch our premiere episode last week, you heard me offer three words to consider as pluses to joining a faith community. Those three words were connection, camaraderie, and common good. Now, one question that has already come up since the launch of our first episode was this. Can't you get connection, camaraderie, and common good by simply joining a club or a sports team? And the answer is yes. You can get those three things in places other than churches. But there's a distinct advantage to church I'd like to share with you. A religious practice that's shared by a group has prayer as one of its primary goals and the power of prayer. So the goal of a church is to both acknowledge and appeal to our higher power. And that is an act of humility on the part of both individuals in a church and the entire church group. Humility is a step that requires a lot more than just the drive to win a game or a match or to accomplish a task, even if it's a charitable task. Humility is a step that requires an element of faith in something or someone greater and possibly not seen by the human eye. This is called faith, and this is where many people stumble. And this is where, if you can overcome it, this is where religious practice has its true power. Future podcasts will take up the whole issue of faith and why it's sometimes difficult to achieve. But for today, I want to extend last week's premiere episode by offering three ways today to go about finding a religious practice or church that not only suits you and your personality, but a place where you might find that you are most needed. You know, many people go church shopping these days because people are interested in churches that have many, many things. Uplifting and inspiring music, gripping sermons that are both deep and practical, 
opportunities for fellowship and social interaction. And a very important one is offerings for children and teens. People are looking for a church to be a one-stop shop for everyone in their family. There's nothing inherently bad about church shopping and trying out different worship situations to see what would help you and or your family come closer to God. But I think it's very important to also consider churches where you can be of service. In other words, as we discuss this, let's think about approaching finding our religion, not merely as consumers, but as service service providers at the same time. So with that caveat in mind, here are three things to consider when looking for a church to join or pray with. Number one, the church of your childhood. Were you brought up in a religious home? Did your family practice a certain kind of faith tradition, even if it was only once or twice a year? Did you attend some kind of church school or religious classes only to give them up at a certain age? Or maybe you have no religious background at all. The church of your younger self can be a very good place to begin or to restart a faith journey. Even in those cases where you feel your particular denomination has committed a grievous error. Remember, churches are run by people. Therefore, all churches are flawed. Hear me when I say there is no perfect earthly church. Every denomination has had its problems, whether it be sexual abuse, embezzlement, poor worship practice, or simply bad management. On the other hand, churches in every denomination are responsible for many of the world's greatest human outreach projects, excellent healthcare facilities and educational institutions, museums full of great art, and many fabulous and deep works of profound music. The church you might have been raised in is one of those places. So start there by first suspending all previous judgment about that church. Go there with an open mind and an open heart and see if anything you feel or sense while you are there resonates deep inside you. Now, if you were not raised in any church and have no frame of reference, maybe you could start with your partner or your spouse's church or your best friend's church, your co-worker's church, your neighbor's church, etc., etc. Look for people you know who present as happy and well-adjusted and find out if they subscribe to a particular faith practice. And if they do, ask to join them, again, with an open heart and an open mind. You know, in this day and age, going to church is definitely a choice. So people who choose and actually make the commitment to go usually are very happy to be there. So if you have no frame of reference and are starting from scratch, follow the example of one of these happy people. Number two. Think about how you fit in a group setting and how you see yourself in prayer with a group. Now, maybe you've never thought about this. Maybe you've never even prayed 
with more than one person before. And that really doesn't matter right now. Just consider some questions here. In what setting do you feel calm, quiet, clear-headed, and open-hearted? Some possible answers could be in nature, alone in your room, at the library, or even in an empty church itself. Also ask yourself, in what setting do you feel joyful, positive, full of life, and full of love? Possible answers are with your family, with your friends, with your spouse or partner, again, out in nature, or even out on the town. Another question, what speaks to you more, music or silence? And finally, are you an extrovert, a social animal, full of the gift of gab? Or are you more introspective, introverted, maybe even shy, and keep to yourself? These are just a few questions you can ask yourself to get a feel for how you might best pray within a group. For example, okay, if you love quiet and you tend to be introspective, you love the simplicity of life and nature, you might enjoy a more meditative practice such as Buddhism. Maybe you're more outgoing. Maybe you're a social person who really loves rock and roll. You might enjoy a bigger church with more members that's heavy on contemporary music and is basically set up like a coffee house. If you are a lover of traditional art and ritual, you might be happier in a Catholic setting. Knowing what your preference are, preferences are will help steer you towards the kind of faith practice where you can pray comfortably and possibly grow in your worship practice. Number three, what do I bring to any church community? Can I be of service at the church I'm looking at? In the Bible, in the New Testament, in the first letter to the early Christians living in Corinth, which is now modern Greece, St. Paul says this about church members. He says, when you come together, each one of you has a song or a hymn, a lesson to teach, a revelation to share, a gift of tongue or an interpretation. All these gifts, each one individually, should be done for building up the church. So what are your gifts and talents? What are you especially good at? Whatever the answer to those questions is, is how you can serve. You can serve literally anybody with your gifts and talents, but you certainly can serve a church community. And of the three things I suggest to you today, this is the consideration that's going to bring you the best result. Now, some of you are going to say that you've gone to your chosen church, you've offered up your talents repeatedly, and you are soundly rejected or even ignored. Hear me when I say that if this happens, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to leave shaking the dust from your feet. Take some time, if this happens, to see if your perceived rejection might just be the impetus to drive you in a direction of service you might 
never have considered for yourself. In other words, maybe a situation of rejection might pull you out of your previous comfort zone into something better, even though it might be a little bit different, a little unknown, and a little uncomfortable. I think it's important not to be so specific about any of the considerations we are talking about today that you close doors prematurely. You know, one of the best things about a faith journey is the wonderfulness of going places in your life and in your experience that you never dreamed of simply because you were able to let go enough of control to put the higher power in charge of your life and decisions. When you look for a church, make sure you give the entire enterprise up to your higher power because your higher power only has your best interests in mind. Then, when you use the considerations of your past church upbringing, your own group dynamic, and the analyzation and offering of your gifts to any particular faith community, you're doing so under a larger umbrella that shows you and your higher power are working together as a unit to find the faith practice that's going to grow you and your family to be the best that you were meant to be. I want to close today's podcast with a quote by a theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a Lutheran pastor and a writer. He was eventually imprisoned and executed by the Nazis toward the end of the Second World War. From prison, he wrote this. It is by the grace of God that a congregation is permitted to gather visibly in this world to share God's word and sacrament. Not everyone receives this blessing. The imprisoned, the sick, the scattered lonely, the proclaimers of the gospel in pagan lands, they stand alone. They know that fellowship that is visible is a true blessing. The physical presence of other worshipers is a source of incomparable joy and strength to the believer. The prisoner, the sick person, the one in exile, sees in the companionship of fellow worshipers a physical sign of the gracious presence of God. It is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with others in faith. And that's a quote from his book, Life Together. It's my hope, my dear ones, that you find what you're looking for in a faith community. Please connect with me on social media and let me know how that journey is going. I look forward to talking with you next time. And until that time, blessings. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Three for Thee and are curious enough to add these three ideas today to your daily life. Please visit me on Facebook and Instagram at VocalXL. That's V-O-C-A-L-E-X-C-E-L. I'd love to hear from you. Remember, we're all in this life together, and our higher power is love. I look forward to being with you as we learn to bring that love into each of our days. Live in love today. Blessings. Blessings.